please be seated, friends. <clears throat> the Lord be with you now as we spend some time in the word of the Lord. If you'd like to join me in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 1 in just a moment and sharing the truths there that the Lord God gives to us through his prophet Moses. George read them a little bit earlier today. And this word of the Lord speaks to us concerning truths that define us as people. People who live in the creation of our God, people who live in the humanity with one another, and people who hold to the truths of who this triune God is as he begins to reveal himself through his creation and this creation account that we hear about in Genesis chapter 1. It's good that we hear that voice speak to us from that opening book of God's word on this Trinity Sunday to celebrate the image and likeness of God in his being, being displayed through that creature which he has created to be in his image and likeness, you and me, men and women, people. Right now, there's a lot of people who are speaking on our behalf, or maybe not on our behalf, but wanting to speak, wanting to speak on our behalf. Over these last few months, we've had people speaking who have the, um, the authority in their respected fields to speak medically, uh, biologists and doctors who are helping to give us clarity as to what we're dealing with concerning this pandemic. And some of those, some of those voices are, are, are speaking truths that we, we understand, and some of those people are speaking truths that we don't quite clearly understand. And, and so out of respect for their office, their, their voice, we yield. There are elected officials who are speaking concerning what we're dealing with in this pandemic as well. And, and while they've been chosen by God, as we understand, to serve in those, that, that elected office on our behalf, some of what they're speaking we, we understand readily, and, and, and other things they're saying we're not understanding so readily. And yet as people of faith, we yield to that office in which they serve. We're crossing over right now from just a pandemic into a lot of other voices that are speaking concerning some of the issues that are going on in humanity. And it's not just our country. Our country is not alone in dealing with riots and protests and violence, racial issues. There are countries across the globe that are dealing with these kinds of issues within our humanity. We pray for peace to be known among us as people dealing with this kind of strife right now, even when the voices that are longing to speak, we can fully wholeheartedly agree with. Black lives matter, indeed. But maybe not the way that all of those voices are speaking do we agree with. To speak as a citizen of this country, you and me, is to declare this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's the second paragraph of the United States Declaration of Independence. And within our own commonwealth, the Virginia Declaration of Rights 
approved by our own Virginia Convention on June 12th of 1776, declares all men are by nature equally free and independent and have certain inherent rights of which they cannot deprive or divest their prosperity, namely the enjoyment of life and liberty with the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. That's true for us as Americans, regardless of the color of our skin, the race from which we come from, even the religious creed that we hold. For these truths speak to us as Americans within our country. These words are for us as citizens of this country. But the voice that speaks to us today as the body of Christ, and the voice for which this office speaks on behalf of the Lord God in his word for us, shares these truths that define us no matter what voice is speaking. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how Genesis chapter 1 begins. That's how we're introduced to the Lord God. He introduces himself to us by what he does and who he is. He's the creating God. And we're told in verse 2, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We're recognizing here in these opening verses of Genesis chapter 1 that God in his being is a moving, living God. Not far away, but active within his creation. For this God speaks in verse 3. We're told, God said... And we go through the days of creation in which God spoke, and it was so, and he looked at his creation and he said, it's good. I like what I've done. Now move to verse 26. And God said, let us, the first inkling of a triune God, a God of three persons in one being, the use of the plural in which he speaks of himself. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over livestock, and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he, us, this triune God created them, male and female, he created them. When we see another human being in our own country or another country, within our own economic class, whether we agree with them politically or not, what we are seeing is a human being that has been created in the image and likeness of the same God who created you and loves you and me for an eternity. This, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> this declaration that the Lord gives us here in Genesis is the beginning of an understanding of his creative process, of how he delights in his creation, including human beings, and how he reveals himself to us in these words of a God 
who is one in three persons. What we find, this side of Adam and Eve's fall into sin, is a, is a challenge of how to make sense of all of this. How is it <clears throat> that when I see somebody acting in a way that, I, that I, 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 I deplore, is wrong, is unlawful, how can I, how is it that I struggle with understanding that they're still made in the image and likeness of God? How do I grasp this mystery of the Trinity, three beings in one? Let's go back to that, uh, that, uh, those early garden days and with Adam and Eve. And, and take a look at how they tried to make sense of what we now call sin, which separated them from this relationship that they had with God that he had established with them, which was good. Adam and Eve, in their sin, revolted against that. And once they found out that they were naked and that they were broken in their relationships with one another and against God, they did something that comes very naturally to us in our humanity. They presumed they presumed something. For the Lord God was walking through the garden, looking for them. And Adam and Eve, they hid. Why? Because they, they presumed that God was going to be angry with them, and they were afraid, is what Adam says. To presume is to assume that I know something about somebody else, whether that's a human being or, as with Adam and Eve's case, with God. To presume that I understand the full mystery of the triune God is to assume that I know all there is to know about God. Have you ever had the opportunity to try to explain the Trinity to somebody? It's challenging. Well, it's impossible. We use different kinds of um, examples, like an apple. You know, you got the the skin, you got the meat, and you got the core. One fruit with three kinds of entities within it. Maybe that's a great example that the Lord gives to us out of his creation. But still, there's mystery how these three can be in one. To assume that I know is to put myself in the place of somebody else, God, or a fellow human being, in what I think ought to be the truth or how it's defined. When Adam and Eve did that, when they presumed to know, what did that lead to? But a tragic break, not only in the eternities for us as humans with our saving God, but among ourselves as well. Carry that now down into our relationships with each other. Speaking as a husband... And men, you know this who are husbands, how dangerous it is to presume that I know what my wife is thinking or wanting. And when we presume to think we know or understand what somebody else is thinking or, or needing, how dangerous that is for us. I cannot presume to know what it's like to live in a in an economic situation of which I'm living hand to mouth. Most of us cannot. For me to try to presume that is wrong. I don't know what it's like to live as a minority in our nation. I've lived as a minority in another nation at one point in life, but I, wasn't a, I was not an adult then. I didn't know what it was like to, 
to earn a living and try to do that and care for, other, for, care for my family and protect and provide and, and, and be safe. For me to presume that about somebody else is wrong. And for me then to try to speak as if I know what I'm presuming about them is equally wrong. It's what the Jews in Jesus' day did to him, isn't it? Didn't they presume to know who he was and what he was about? You're a prophet from Galilee. Can anything good come from Galilee, they asked. And you can't be the Messiah because he's supposed to come from Bethlehem. Well, you're from Nazareth. They were doing a lot of presuming when it came to this person of Jesus. Peter helps to give some context to this when we hear in Acts chapter 2. Fellow Israelites, this is the day of Pentecost, Peter standing up and speaking a truth that he knows. He's not presuming here. He's speaking a truth that he knows. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. And yet you presumed something about him in what you wanted to know or you thought you knew and where'd that lead? But you nailed him to the cross. You crucified the Son of God. Now this was God's plan for us sinful, presuming human beings. This was God's way of salvation for us, this triune God, Father, who would give His Son, the Son who would give His Spirit, so that we as people would know a life and a hope and a purpose in our humanity, regardless of the economic status in which we live, the color of our skin, that the truth of Jesus Christ declared for all people gives us in humanity an opportunity to be in eternity with our Heavenly Father. Isn't it a bit dangerous for me and you to presume that Adam and Eve looked like you and me? Maybe they were very different in their ethnicity. Know this truth. Peter goes on. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. There's nothing that we're presuming here. This is truth that God gives to us to know, to cling to, and to declare. And God raised Jesus, his son, from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Death seeks to destroy and separate. And God works on our behalf to bring together, to heal and restore. That saving person of Jesus Christ has done that work of restoring and bringing together for you and me and all who believe in him in eternity. And he gives us that opportunity to proclaim that message now. It's not just the saving message that Jesus commissions us as his disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations. It's not only for salvation, but it's for the blessing of being together in our humanity. To love and care and work for one another on each other's behalf as human beings made in the image and likeness of God. We have been called 
to go in what we know, not in what we presume. And so to know carries with it a responsibility that we have. Go, teach, baptize, help people obey. Help them to know the saving God in in Jesus Christ. The truths of the Lord God, of our humanity in and under him, those inalienable rights that are given to us by the gospel, to know that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. And so when you're, you're going, and when you're going in the truth, and when you're caring for another human being, regardless of their economic status or color of their skin, or even their creed, you're caring for them as if I were caring, caring for them. And when injustice abounds, and we have the opportunity as God's people to work for justice, supporting those who are seeking to serve according to these truths for justice's sake, maybe the first thing that we, we're called to do in our humanity is, is to listen, to hear what they're saying, what they're really saying, not just with words or placards or even actions, but what's, what's their heart longing to say to be heard? Jesus would say, go and make disciples of all nations, ta ethne, that is people regardless of age, male or female, creed, nationality, age. Go and make disciples of ta ethne, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And while we, as God's people, know the truth and the authority of our triune God, while we're sent out with that truth in his authority, to care for our fellow human beings so that justice would prevail. We also know that these imbalances will continue to plague us. For we continue to live in a sinful, broken world. Until all things are made new, we wait. We work on behalf of the truth. We listen. We pray. We care for each other. We speak up for the truth. We don't give up. We press on. For this truth covered the disciples as it covers us today. Jesus' truth. I am with you always to the very end of the age. I must admit to you, I didn't sleep very well last night because this was a hard word to preach. It was a hard word to preach today because this word speaks to me. First, as it speaks to all of us, as we as God's people, in our humanity, made in the image and likeness of God, and in the love of Jesus Christ that binds not just us together, but binds us together for the sake of humanity. This is what defines us, the truth that moves us, that calls us. May the word of the Lord and this truth 
of which there's no presuming in what we've heard today. This is the word of the Lord as it speaks to us. Send us out now in that joy, that gladness, that repentant heart, that longing to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your truth, your word. It's not these lips of which the truth are ma- is made from, it's made from you. These lips simply provide that for us, for me today, Lord. So thank you for speaking in your truth. And Father, forgive us when we presume by our sinful human nature what the truth might be for somebody else. Give us, Heavenly Father, that nature of your spirit to listen and hear and long to know the truth of you and of others and how that truth of yours then relates to us in our humanity for each other. Father, be with us and glorify your name as this truth goes out among us. Be lifted up. We thank you for hearing us and blessing us in the name of Jesus our Savior, our Lord, who's with us always to the very end of the age. In his name we pray. Amen. May the peace of God that passes our understanding keep our hearts, our minds, in Christ Jesus, in the truth to which we know we are one in Christ the Lord, in his peace.